here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811, There's a coup taking place, an insurrection, if you will. It's an unarmed insurrection. They claim January 6th was an insurrection. The real insurrection is taking place now, but in the same place, in the Capitol building. This time, as Thomas Jefferson would say, you're seeing the tyranny of the legislature. You know, our Constitution doesn't give plenary, unlimited power to Congress. Under Article I, Congress has specific, limited powers. It doesn't have the power to steal private property rights. It doesn't have the power to redistribute wealth. It doesn't have the power to attack American citizenship and sovereignty. No. It doesn't have the power to brainwash our children. It doesn't have the power to push racism. Congress has limits too, as do all three branches of the federal government. And they've created a fourth branch, the massive Leviathan, the bureaucracy, through which the Democrat Party and the American Marxists operate. When they win elections, they claim they have a mandate. When they lose elections, they operate through the permanent government and their activist judges. Read your Constitution. Your Constitution is all about limited government. It's all about separation of powers. It's all about individual liberty, private property rights, federalism, that is state authority. It's all about commerce, the Commerce Clause. It's all about representative government, where the states are represented in the Senate, where the people are represented in the House. Everything that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now is a subterfuge. Is extra-constitutional, if not downright unconstitutional. And I don't give a damn what the Supreme Court has to say about it. I read the same document they read. The Congress doesn't have the power to pass a so-called spending bill 
that turns the nation inside out, that massively expands the power of the central government, that opens our border wide to illegal aliens. That's not in the Constitution. We've reached a point where no longer are we dealing with incrementalism. Tyranny is here. It's not a soft tyranny, it's a hard tyranny. And even the best efforts of the framers of the Constitution sanctifying a free press. That press is not free and it is turned on us. It supports every single policy of the American Marxist movements. Every one of them. Every one of them. The Democrat Party is an evil political institution. Evil. It has been a force for evil in this country more times than not. And when I say evil, I mean evil. I mean slavery and segregation and Jim Crow. And now I mean American Marxism. It is not a party that supports Americanism. It never has been. It never has been. The media in this country, a shameless gaggle of corrupt and unintelligent individuals, starting with the New York Times, leading the pack, as it was a propaganda machine in the United States for Joseph Stalin, as it was a propaganda machine in the United States for that Third Reich, for God's sakes. It was a propaganda machine in the United States for Castro. And now it's a propaganda machine in the United States for American Marxism. This country is unrecognizable. The framers who they attack... Black Lives Matter, a loathsome, violent, domestic terrorist Marxist organization whose mission is now being taught in our public schools because of the Democrat Party. Those are Democrats on your school board. Democrats who are promoting American Marxism. And now we sit back and we watch as the once great Republican Party, the once great Republican Party, the party of Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant, the party of Calvin Coolidge, the party of Ronald Reagan. Now we watch, and yes, the party of Donald Trump, as that party, as that party is filled with a bunch of quizlings, Neville Chamberlains, at the top, who in the last 36 hours, the last 36 hours, these Vichy French Republicans, led by Mitch McConnell, watched as the, the Democrat Party and their Marxist movements ran circles around them. And they surrendered every damn one of those 19 who claimed to be conservatives, Lindsey Graham and the rest led by the Republican leader, leading 19 of them against 30 of them in their own party. Giving aid and comfort to this movement, which will forever change this nation if they succeed. The party that fought slavery is no more. 
It's no more. It's an old Tory party, an old Whig party, led by an old man who is busy fighting for his own power, for his own self-aggrandizement, who fought the Reagan Revolution when he was in the Ford administration, who fought the Tea Party tooth and nail with his friends at the Wall Street Journal editorial page and National Review. Oh, once great institutions, now that their founders and leaders are gone. Look at them. Look at them. A disgrace. An utter and complete disgrace. They contributed at least a quarter of a trillion dollars in one vote to our national debt. Every baby born today, Steve Moore pointed out to me, every baby born today is born with a debt of $750,000. This is what we're doing to the next generation and the generation after that. This is what we're doing to generations yet born. We're the most selfish, piggish generation this nation has ever seen. Ever. Led by Schumer and Pelosi. And these Marxist reprobates in the Democrat Party, they're not our country, and yet they call the shots the most radical extreme nimrods in the United States Congress who hate our country, who are anti-Semitic, who root for Castro. Oh, my Lord, what have we become? What have we become? And a doddering old fool sits there in the White House. He was a fool as a senator. He was a fool as a vice president. One of the dumbest men to ever serve in public office. For half a century, he's contributed absolutely nothing. He's a chameleon. I disagree with people who say he's got such enormous dementia. He may have dementia, but he's got his moments when he knows exactly what he's doing. If he needed to be a segregationist and a racist in the 1970s, that's what he was. If he needed to be a tough law and order guy in 1994, that's what he was. If he needed to be a so-called moderate during the election, that's what he was. And today, what's he today? He's Bernie Sanders. It's legacy time. Joe Biden never cared about the American people. He's always cared about himself. He's a street thug politician. He's a plagiarist. He was a cheat in law school in order to try and get through. Always dim-witted. Even when he had his wits, he was dim-witted. And then the vice president of the United States. A complete fraud. Who's there because we count now people based on their physical characteristics. She is unqualified to be vice president of the United States. How do we know? Look at the last eight months. The American people know. Even the Democrats and the Democrat primaries knew. She had no support whatsoever. None. So why did he choose her as vice president? Then you look at the Speaker of the House. Power hungry, unhinged. A psycho. A San Francisco psycho. Her own city filled with human feces, with heroin needles, with a prosecutor who won't prosecute, with people who walk in the store and steal in daylight and aren't arrested. 
where violent crime is through the roof. That's your Speaker of the House, who called federal law enforcement trying to protect the Portland Courthouse stormtroopers. And the Democrat leader in the Senate, a coward, a sinister, plotting, useless coward. All about power with Schumer, trying to watch his left flank. His Stalinist tactics, where he's trying to watch out for the Trotskyites on his left. Since when does New York City represent America? Since when does San Francisco represent America? They are part of America. Part of America. But don't take us where you've taken these cities. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. People are leaving these cities in droves. Law-abiding, tax-paying. Stand-up Americans, they can't take it anymore. And yet the very politicians who've brought us to the brink are the ones controlling the national agenda. Old Wilmington Joe, unless he's from Scranton. Then he's Scranton Joe, oh yes. Lunch Bucket Joe. Don't make me throw up. Lunch Bucket Joe. Man's worth $20 million. He spent his entire life in the Senate. You explain it. You explain it. And these damnable Republicans, damnable Republicans, 19 of them, grease the skids for what will be the greatest attack on our republic, on our constitution, on our sovereignty, on our liberty, and on our livelihoods in modern American history. Led by Mitch McConnell. Grease the skids. While all this is swirling around us. I've got more. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. There's a reason free speech is under attack. There's a reason academic freedom is under attack. There's a reason why separation of powers and an independent judiciary is under attack. And by the way, from within the judiciary too, with the Obama and other radical appointees. There's a reason why our borders are being flooded with individuals who the Democrats intend to give amnesty to and then chain migration. All of a sudden, 15 million becomes 50, 60, 70 million. 
This is a real insurrection. There won't be any hearings on this. And you know what else it is? They are shredding our constitutional order. Shredding it. There's been no amendment to the Constitution to support any of this. None of it. They're steamrolling their way through. And I expect these damn Republicans to lie down in front of the steamroller rather than to participate in driving the damn thing. I have said it for years and I'll reiterate it. It is time for Mitch McConnell to go. And I'll tell some jackass at the Daily Beast, I have been saying that for at least a decade. But he must go. There needs to be a Republican leader in the Senate who can communicate with the public. A Republican leader in the Senate who can actually go on conservative radio shows and conservative TV shows. A Republican leader in the Senate who actually understands what's swirling around us and what's at stake. And that's not Mitch McConnell. Unbelievable. What's going to happen on this vote? It's not $3.5 trillion. It's $5.5 trillion. And it massively expands the welfare state, the central government. And buys off more and more people. Changes the entire psychology of the nation. Work hard, earn a living, follow the law. Two, don't work at all. We'll dole out money to you, just vote Democrat. People say to me all the time, but but their children are going to be affected. Let me ask you a question. Are the people in Communist China's Communist Party affected by what they do to the rest of the people? No. Are the people in the Communist Party in Cuba affected by what they do to the rest of the people? No. Are the people in the Communist Party in Venezuela affected by what they do to the rest of the people? No. Are the people in the Islamo-Nazi regime of Iran affected by what they do to the other people? No. Are the people in fascistic Russia who run that country affected by what they do to the people? No. This is an attempt to steal your liberty, steal your property. I'll be right back. conservative fire the mark levin show call in now at 877-381-3811 mitch mcconnell and his 18 republicans the mcconnell republicans some call them the schumer republicans but they're the mcconnell republicans they betrayed us they betrayed their oaths they betrayed your children and your grandchildren If they were in the private sector doing this kind of financing, they'd all be going to prison. All for what? The bipartisanship moniker? All so they'd be praised by a corrupt media? They can't save themselves, don't they understand? Don't they understand what the hell is going on in this country? Don't they care? They want you to think that now we can get things done. You just surrendered 
liberty. You just surrendered private property. You just surrendered the Constitution. You just surrendered American sovereignty. Bipartisanship. Bipartisanship in support of tyranny is disgraceful. It's shocking. I was the first one behind this microphone. Actually, it was on Sean Hannity's show to call for the impeachment of Joe Biden. Not that it all happened. Because we don't control the House. But you must drive the agenda. You must drive the ideas. You must put our enemy. I didn't say opposition. I didn't say adversaries. They are our enemy. You must put them on defense. You must try and control the narrative. You must do to them what they have tried to do to us. And what in fact they have done to us. Joe Biden is a wrecking ball who is burning his way through our culture, through our civil society, and our constitution. We can make fun of the man all we want. But he's winning and we're losing. And we're losing. I was just told before the show begins, every Tuesday, that's the way it works, that American Marxism is number one for the fourth week in a row, nonfiction, hardcover, nonfiction, hardcover, and ebook. Number one. I was just told by the publisher. That we had sales of all formats of three quarters of a million in four weeks. This book is not about me. This book is not about my career. This book is not about comedy. This book is not about abstractions and theory. This book is about reality. Reality. What's taking place in our country. Who's attacking our system? Who are they? What's their history? What are their names? Where are they located? How do we push back? How do we fight back? In a constitutional and legal manner. Before it's too late. Before it's too late. That's why it is sold three quarters of a million copies. People say, how do you do this? How do I do what? I'm talking to my fellow patriots. I'm communicating with my fellow patriots. I've been doing it now for five months on this issue. On this book. Mark, we're tired of hearing about the book. The book is about what's going on. The book is about these disparate Marxist movements who have joined together. This 3.5 trillion, which is a 5.5 trillion, massive evisceration of our constitutional, economic, and sovereignty order, is the coming together of these disparate, spawned Marxist movements being put in legislation that you will be funding for the rest of your lives, that our children will be suffering from for the rest of their lives, and God knows about generations unborn. Hawking a book? I'm hawking liberty. 
I'm trying to galvanize my fellow patriots. I'm trying to rally my fellow patriots. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to counter what tenured Marxist professors in our universities are doing to the minds of our children. I'm trying to counter what the NEA and the AFD are doing to our children in elementary and secondary schools. I'm trying to counter these these disgusting school boards. I'm trying to counter immigration front groups that have nothing in mind but the destruction of this society and this country. And I'm trying to counter the war on our capitalist system against this degrowth movement dressed up as a Green New Deal or climate change. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm hawking. That's what I'm pushing. My picture isn't on the cover of this book. There's nothing about me in this book. Nothing. Because it's all about you. It's all about what's happening around you. It's all about how it started, how we got here. And any successful general or admiral, any successful statesman and true leader will tell you that you need to understand the facts on the ground. You need to understand the history of events in order to have a chance at succeeding. A chance at succeeding. I'm going to say something that's not going to come off well, but I need to say it anyway. I don't need the money from this book. I'm a very wealthy man. I could hang it up tomorrow. Move to our home in Florida and be done with everything. Rush could have hung it up. He didn't need the money. Sean could hang it up. He doesn't need the money. And I say this in response to some of the some of the some of the frauds out there that oh he's doing this for them. I'm not the hardest way for me to make a buck is to write a book. Weekend after weekend, night after night, early in the morning after early in the morning, reading not some books, scores and scores of books and articles, puking on my shoes as I have to read one Marxist after another. That's not what this is about. I want this book in as many hands as possible. And I want you to read it. If you don't like to read, I want you to listen to the audio. We need you. We need you. Because we can't win without you. And I'm talking to Democrats too. Not every Democrat embraces American Marxism. But they get sucked into the party, the party play, the party ID. They get sucked into a lot of this propaganda that they're doing it for the people. I explained yesterday, Barack Obama with the party that the royal family in France would have been jealous of before the French Revolution. But they get away with being the royal family in France and pretending they're part of the revolution too. 
Why? Because they don't give a damn about you. Don't you understand? They don't care about you. They know that these grand schemes and grand plans can't work. It is they who are attacking the great middle class. If you will, in communist jargon, it is they who are attacking the proletariat. They're putting people out of work. They're putting private sector union men and women out of work. Private sector blue and white collar people out of work as they build up the central government and public sector unions, teacher unions for indoctrination, government unions. So they have loyalty, absolute loyalty, in issuing regulations and laws that none of you have voted for and don't even know what's happening. This is exactly what Alexis de Tocqueville thought could not happen in the great United States of America, in his two volumes of Democracy in America. This is exactly what Jefferson meant when he talked about the tyranny of the legislature. You're seeing it right now. You're seeing it right now. When's the last time any of these people have embraced the Constitution? Never. Always looking for ways to eviscerate one part of it or another. When is the last time they embraced the Declaration of Independence? When is the last time they embraced the Revolutionary War? No, no, no. You see, America started in 1619. Ah, they figured it out. America started in 1619. Forget about 1776. Forget about it. That was just a bunch of white slave owners trying to perpetuate slavery. What a lie. What a disgusting, deceitful lie. It's appalling. Look what they're doing to your children. I live here in this Loudoun County. This county's changed in two years. The Democrats took over the school board. They took over the board of supervisors. And it's six months... Their poison and their cancer is spreading throughout the county. Six months. Bunch of totalitarian mental midgets. That's what they are, but they don't care. It's like an HOA out of control. And we subsidize it. And look at their tyranny. 20 people at a time can go into their very, very expensive, huge assembly hall. 20 at a time. One person speaks at a time for a maximum of one minute. One minute? It's your school system. You break your back to pay your property taxes for it. And what are they doing now? While having instituted critical race theory, that is racism and Marxism, now it's transgenderism. Wow. The complete political and ideological takeover of the Loudoun County school system. Complete. I'll be right back. Lovin. Now listen to this. 
The Biden administration, Washington Times, calls on OPEC to increase oil production as gas prices rise. I don't even need to read the rest of the story. At the end of the Trump presidency, we were energy independent. We were selling fuel. We were selling fuel overseas. The Russian pipeline had been shut down. We were building more pipelines to Canada and so forth. We were swimming in natural gas and oil. Now the Biden administration, in a period, ladies and gentlemen, of seven to eight months, has once again made us energy independent on the Arab countries. You believe this? A country can be destroyed in less than a year. Biden went after energy. He attacked energy because it is the heart and soul of capitalism. Then here's another story from Fox Business. Consumer prices rise 5.4% annually in July. So July to July, we now have 5.4% inflation. 5.4% inflation, and we've just gotten started. And we've just gotten started. But Biden likes to talk about the fact that salaries are up 4.4%. So you just lost 1% on your salary. And they want to spend trillions more. So in addition to violating the Constitution, in addition to all the horrific things it does in social engineering to our system, this is going to break the bank. This is going to break the bank. This is an onslaught, the sort of which we've never seen in American history, ever. It's the same party that caused the Civil War. It's the same party that caused segregation for a hundred years. It's the same party that pushed riots, riots into our streets last summer. It's the same party that's policies are responsible for so much of the bloodshed in our streets. It's the same party that is undermining the morale and the, and the power of the United States military while communist China is on the rise and rising fast. That party. That party. Well, we've got a ton more to cover, ladies and gentlemen. When we return, those of you who have jumped in with both feet and are looking for ways to help save the country, I want to thank you for acquiring your copies of American Marxism. Others, you can go to Amazon.com or other sites if you prefer. We'd love you to join us now rather than later. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Have you ever heard of Laura Morris? Have you ever heard of Laura Morris? Laura Morris is a young lady. She's a teacher. She's a teacher in Loudoun County. And she's been a teacher for 10 years, but in Loudoun County for five years. 
Originally, when she was hired, she wasn't required to teach critical race theory or transgenderism. And the debate now in Loudoun County public school system, which is the wealthiest county in America, by the way. So if you don't think it can happen to you, you better believe it can. Is not only to promote, promote transgenderism, but to implement policies that relate to it and to change the language that applies to it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not public education. This is government indoctrination. This is actually not even government indoctrination. It's Democrat Party indoctrination. Your children are now being taught what the Democrat Party insists that your children be taught. Not just mathematics, literature, English, maybe a second language, writing skills. Real American history, your children are now being taught to be American Marxist and Democrat Party operatives. That's what they're being taught. That's why the cheerleaders in the media who are Democrats, who are officially in government positions, officially supporting others in government positions, That's why they're lying about this or celebrating it or speaking out of both sides of their mouths at the same time. But this is how you change a nation. This is how you destroy a nation. Laura Morris is a young lady, a young teacher, and she understands that. She's also a member of a union that is an American Marxist operation that pushes every one of these agendas and more. And they are tied to the hip with the Democrat Party, which is why you just paid a quarter of a trillion dollars to subsidize them under the rubric of fighting the pandemic. It seems the less they work, the more they get paid, doesn't it? Last year, as some of these particularly city unions of the NEA and AFT were threatening to strike, I said, how would we know? How would we know? So Laura Morris yesterday was one of the few who was able to speak to the Loudoun County School Board. She had one minute, or two minutes, I guess. As others, most of the people had to wait outside in a horrific Series of thunderstorms, by the way. Because the people of Loudoun County are no longer citizens, they're subjects. And you're seeing this in many parts of the country, aren't you? I want you to hear what she had to say uninterrupted. Cut one, go. My name is Laura Morris. I have been a teacher in Loudoun County Public Schools for five years, and a teacher for ten. In that time, I have learned so much, being on the cutting edge of educational technology and working with a diverse population of students that I have loved. This year, I have the privilege to follow my amazing fourth graders up to fifth, and I have been excited about this all summer. 
On the other hand, this summer I have struggled with the idea of returning to school, knowing that I'll be working yet again with a school division that despite its shiny tech and flashy salary, promotes political ideologies that do not square with who I am as a believer in Christ. After reading about your lack of consideration for the growing population of concerned citizens in this division, clearly evidenced by this empty room tonight where you shut the doors to the public as well as the emails sent by the superintendent last year reminding me that a dissenting opinion is not allowed even to be spoken in my personal life going so far as to send a form to my colleagues and I encouraging us to fill it out if we hear one another speaking against the controversial policies being promoted by this school board and adopted in this county not only that, but within the last year, I was told in one of my so-called equity trainings that white, Christian, able-bodied females currently have the power in our schools and that, quote, this has to change. Clearly, you've made your point. You no longer value me or many other teachers you've employed in this county. So since my contract outlines the power that you have over my employment in Loudoun County Public Schools, I thought it necessary to resign in front of you. School board, I quit. I quit your policies, I quit your trainings, and I quit being a cog in a machine that tells me to push highly politicized agendas on our most vulnerable constituents, the children. I will find employment elsewhere. I encourage all parents and staff in this county to flood the private schools. Did you ever in your life think you would hear something like that, Mr. Producer? There are 3 million members of the NEA and the AFT, 3.5 million. At least a third of them agree with her. At least a third of the teachers agree with Laura Morris. And they have no voice and they have no say. It's either you do what we tell you to do or get out. Or get out. There's supposed to be an academic environment, no? There's supposed to be academic freedom, no? Our children are supposed to be taught the basics so they can at least function and succeed in this society. They're now being taught how to be Democrats and Marxists. And more and more it's one and the same. Loudoun County is a suburb. It's an outer suburb of Washington, D.C. It's part of Northern Virginia, which has turned dark blue. The same situation is going on in Fairfax County, and of course, Arlington County, but Fairfax is by far the largest county in the state. And these Northern Virginia counties, which are controlled by the same political ideologues, control the state. They now control the state. This is where people are moving in from Washington, D.C., from Maryland, from heavily dark blue states. These counties are now heavily populated by by immigrants. Loudoun County, in 1992, voted for George H.W. Bush by about 65%. 20 years later, it voted for Joe Biden by about 68%. Virginia was a reliable Republican state 
Georgia was a reliable Republican state. Colorado was a reliable Republican state, 1992. Nevada was a reliable Republican state. New Mexico was a reliable Republican state. Arizona was a reliable Republican state. All of them are either now blue or purple. Now, these things don't just happen. This isn't some coincidence. It's not because people are changing their minds and moving to the Democrat Party or moving to this Marxist agenda. Of course not. Joe Biden looks around the country. He says... We cannot tolerate the Republicans controlling the House of Representatives. We cannot tolerate a competitive Republican Party. Forget about McConnell and those damn fools. If we lose, it's going to be on them. But they want to fix the system. By fix, I don't mean reform. I mean fix the outcome. So that Republicans can never win. And of course, the media support that, and Hollywood support that, and corporatists support that. Laura Morris is surrounded by tyranny. These schools have become tyrannical. The school boards have been taken over by a bunch of little Mussolinis. And the teachers' unions control the school boards. They control the agenda. They even get people elected on these boards. Now, the question is whether these counties that encircle so many of these cities are going to be able to claw their way back. I was born in Philadelphia. I was raised in a county outside of Philadelphia called Montgomery County. When I lived in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, it was a heavily Republican county. Now it is a heavily Democrat county. Why? You know why. The mixture of immigration and mobility. The counties encircling Philadelphia used to basically neutralize each other. The Republican numbers in the suburbs versus the Democrat numbers in the city. And so typically Pennsylvania then would be decided by the central part and the western part of the state. Which are much more conservative. Not flat out conservative, much more conservative than the southeastern part of the state. But that's changed now. Because the Philadelphia suburbs have changed. Northern Virginia has changed. The Atlanta suburbs have changed. Newt Gingrich said on my Fox show last week, where are all these people going who are coming into this country illegally? Where is Biden sending them? Because Gingrich knows instinctively, as do I, as do you. He's sending them into Republican areas to finish what they started. To finish what they started. 
They want to flip Texas. They flip Texas, it's all over. They flip Florida, it's all over. If they can flip Arizona, which is a purplish state in another state, it's all over. We can't win. Electoral college or no electoral college. We can't win. The fix is in. That's why they're fighting so hard for H.R. 1 and S. 1. They don't believe in the vote, ladies and gentlemen. Their agenda, whether it's imposed by a vote or imposed by a bureaucracy, they don't care. They don't embrace unalienable rights. They don't embrace one man, one vote. If it takes one man and five votes, that's fine by them. They don't care. What's that Marxist line? The ends justify the means. That's it. That's it. They don't want to hear from the people unless the people say what they want them to say. They treat the citizens of Loudoun County, Virginia, like they're criminals. Yet they treat the criminals in Black Lives Matter and Antifa like they're law-abiding citizens. It's an amazing thing. But hats off to Laura Morris. I'm sorry she had to go through this, but many, many more were going to have to go through this. This does present an opportunity for school choice. Those of you who are entrepreneurs interested in running nonprofit entities or for-profit entities, now's your chance to make a huge advance when it comes to education. And when we depopulate these schools, we will demand that they slash our taxes too. Maybe we can revolutionize education finally. People talk about school choice all the time. Landmark Legal Foundation, our man Pete Hutchison, other legal foundations have fought for the constitutional right under state constitutions and the federal constitution for school choice. Two cases went all the way to the Supreme Court you're not familiar with. And we won them. Several legal groups decades ago, that make school choice possible. Because the same unions fought us. They fought us. Now it's possible. Religious schools, we need more of them. Private schools, we need more of them. Charter schools, more of them. We'll build our way out of this. I'll be right back. You know, I, I, I need to be honest about what I'm thinking, too. This critical race theory, what's going on where you're teaching white privilege black inferiority and that this needs to be fixed by white people, whatever that means, apologizing, lamenting. Um, This is going to have an effect throughout the society in so many ways on so many levels. In so many ways on so many levels. 
It's going to create excuses for people not to perform as fully as they otherwise might perform. To make excuses for failures. You know, you don't hit a grand slam every time you're up at the plate. Maybe you'll strike out 20 times in a row and then all of a sudden you become a, a 320 hitter. This will be counterintuitive to that. You'll have a built-in excuse. That's Marxism. The system, not you. It's not you, it's the system. Just surrender to the system. But it's also going to have an effect, I fear, when it comes to crime. This thing, black and white and brown and red, it's dehumanizing. And we're seeing it in the videos on television. It's dehumanizing. When I beat the absolute hell of an Asian woman, not me, I'm speaking, you know, third person. She's not a woman. She's not a human being. I have no feeling toward her. When I beat the crap out of a white guy on a bicycle in Seattle and try and crush his skull and kick his head over and over again, this 22-year-old kid, he's not a human being. He's a white guy. In Chicago, when an African-American shoots another African-American, he's not seeing another human being. It's okay. Because I'm part of a group. But you just killed somebody in the same way. It doesn't matter. That's not another human being to me. This is a thoroughly diabolical, evil ideology that is destroying this country. I'll be right back. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Joe Biden is a cheap politician. All during the campaign, he was blaming Donald Trump for the virus. He actually blamed Donald Trump for the deaths from the virus. Not his old buddy, Fauci, or his other buddies in the federal medical bureaucracy. Of course not. And yet, Joe Biden takes responsibility for nothing. Now we have this Delta variant. I talked about this the other evening. It's been known since December in India. It's the India variant, but we have to call it the Delta variant. I don't know, do people live in the Delta? Of course they do, but nonetheless. Since December. So what has the Biden administration done to find therapeutics for the Delta variant? Nothing. What has the Biden administration done to find vaccine add-ons to deal with the Delta variant? Nothing. The man inherits three vaccines, unbelievable therapeutics, opens the border wide to people who are sick. God knows what diseases, but we do know that includes the pandemic, the coronavirus. He's got no Operation Warp Speed going on. He's got Operation Warp Between the Years going on. 
Nothing medically, scientifically is being done to address these variants. Nothing. Certainly nothing effective or timely. Nothing. Now they've known about this variant now for eight, nine months. Eight, nine months is about the amount of time it took Operation Warp Speed under President Trump to come up with one, two vaccines and then a month later a third one. They've done nothing. Nothing. And then he attacks the governor of Florida. Because he fears should Donald Trump not run, the governor of Florida might run. So he's doing everything he can to smear him. Because that's what Joe Biden does. He's a hitman. He's a lowlife. May I say with all due respect. Let's hope Media Matters regurgitates that. As they are in my view, a criminal front group that the IRS really ought to be investigating. CDC admits, according to the Daily Mail, it did overcount Florida's COVID cases. Agency revises down states' weakened numbers from 28,000 to 19,000, but offers no explanation after falsely claiming record infections. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has quietly updated Florida's COVID-19 figures after accusations of overcounting earlier this week. On Monday, the Florida Department of Health accused the CDC of misreporting the state's weakened COVID-19 numbers. You see, Florida gives them the numbers. The Federal Health Agency had posted that 28,317 new COVID cases were recorded in the Sunshine State on Sunday. A record high that was reported by multiple media outlets. Oh yeah, it was regurgitated by Fauci himself. But the DOH in Florida stated its true total was 15,319 cases. Indicating an overcount of more than 13,000. That's almost 100%. On Wednesday, the CDC updated Florida's new cases to 23,958. For Friday, 21,487. On Saturday, 19,584. On Sunday, quietly admitting that the state was right, but did not offer an explanation as to why. Interestingly, the revised CDC numbers are still higher than the totals the Florida Department of Health published to its Twitter account on Monday. Now, Florida has the numbers, gives them to the CDC, and the CDC is jacking them up. Now, why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Gee whiz, I wonder. The politicization of these health bureaucrats and fascists is unbelievable. Florida follows CDC guidelines reporting cases Monday through Friday, other than the holidays, they said. So each Monday and Tuesday, there will be two or three days of data reported at a time. When data is published, it is attributed evenly to the previous days. Now, what they've been doing is adding numbers together. And then adding numbers onto numbers, the old CDC. So this attack on Governor DeSantis is not only unmerited, it is dishonest. With bloated numbers that don't exist. And still... Biden and his spokes idiot do not explain why they're allowing people into this country by the hundreds of thousands, ultimately by the millions. A significant percentage of whom have the coronavirus. 
Now, I want you to think about this for a second. You're a governor of a state. You're making decisions about masks. Which, even under the best arguments, is a prophylactic. Maybe. Not perfect. Now, isn't it worse, Mr. Producer, in America to actually let people into the country who have the virus? Isn't that more damning? Isn't that more dangerous than letting people decide for themselves whether they're going to wear masks? Now, look, I wear masks. Not every minute of every day and so forth and so on. It depends on the circumstances. That's me. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the policy. Why aren't broadcast companies, whether they're cable, whether they're radio like this and so forth, why aren't they... Raising holy hell about an open border that allows people into this country that has the virus. As much as they're raising holy hell about vaccines and masks. Why are they mutually exclusive? If you're going to bring up vaccines and masks, fine. But why aren't you bringing out the importation of individuals into this country from the third world, the non-developed world, who have the virus? I was the first to bring this up. When was it, Rich? Like three weeks ago? Give or take. And to hammer this home, both on this show and on Hannity, and on my own show, there was hanging there this this, this absurdity. I said, wait a minute. Then I went and looked at the statistics, and they are overwhelming. Truly unbelievable. And if you want to know why a lot of people are cynical about the vaccination, it's because of the way this administration has discussed it and politicized it. And it's the way Joe Biden and his party, as I've said over and over again, and the media, rejected vaccines that were produced under Donald Trump and his presidency. And yet those are the only vaccines we have. Somebody aware of another vaccine? Any vaccines produced under the Biden administration? No. I mean, they're free to try. Are they trying? No. All they do is say, wear masks. So we're back at square one with the Biden administration. Wear masks, wear masks, get vaccinated. They couldn't even say get vaccinated, but for the fact that Donald Trump and his administration developed the vaccinations with the pharmaceutical companies. Pretty shocking, really. Peter Ducey to Jen Psaki at the White House briefing today. This young man is a true reporter. He is a, he is a throwback to real journalism. Cut six, go. As the president tries to reach unvaccinated Americans, has there been any thought given, looking back, uh, to the possibility that he may have created some vaccine hesitancy when last year, around this time, the previous administration was rushing to get a vaccine authorized. And the now president said, I trust vaccines, I trust scientists, but I don't trust Donald Trump. And at this moment, the American people can't either. 
Well, I think it's safe to say he still doesn't trust Donald Trump. So that see, see what I mean? It's always politics 100% of the time. They can't say, you know what, Biden was wrong. They're never going to say it. But we know he was wrong. Millions, tens of millions of people know Biden was a hack, just as Pasaki is a hack. She was a hack for Obama, now she's a hack for Biden. Go ahead. He does trust scientists, he does trust data experts, and he does trust the people leading the CDC, the FDA, uh, which is the gold standard of approval for vaccines. I'd also note, because this question often comes up. Okay, let's, pre- let's let the CDC doesn't approve vaccines. It's the FDA. Maybe I should be Biden's spokesperson. Don't, that would be a blast, don't you think, Mr. Producer? I'd last one day, but I'd have a blast. Go ahead. Repeatedly given credit to uh, scientists and experts from the prior administration, uh, even as recently as just a few weeks ago, for their role in moving the but vaccine. But it wasn't the scientists and the experts from the prior administration. It was the Trump warp speed move to bring together the private sector and the government sector with outstanding individuals. And now you can see what it's like, ladies and gentlemen, to have incompetent ideological boobs in a White House who aren't advancing a damn thing. Go ahead. Forward. Yes, but at the time when Donald Trump is out there saying we're going to have a vaccine in the next couple weeks, next couple months, and Joe Biden is out on the campaign trail saying don't trust Donald Trump, did that create any kind of vaccine hesitancy? Not that we've seen in the data. I would note that at the time, just for context. Not that you've seen in the data. What, What are you talking about, you moron? Go ahead. The former president was also suggesting people inject versions of poison into their You know, brains. that's been gone over time and time and time again. It is a lie. He never did that. We've played it over and over here. So this is the best Pasaki can do. Because she works for an idiot. Go ahead. COVID. So I think that's a relevant and, point. And Joe Biden, then vice president, was saying, we got to wait until something is fully authorized. And it's still not. Well, the FDA works on the timeline. And, and who is the commissioner of the FDA, uh, Pasaki? Who's the commissioner? What's his or her name? Excuse me. What's its name? Is it a birthing person? A Latinx? What is it? There isn't one. They haven't even nominated one. And the major media in this country could care less. But that's how unserious Joe Biden is. They're not working on new vaccines, to our knowledge. There's no Operation Warp Speed to deal with variants like the Delta variant. All they do is say, take the Trump vaccine. Those are the Trump vaccines, and wear a mask. Again, the Trump masks. They're using the same tools that Donald Trump handed them. They're not moving at all. Nothing. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Now we have, uh, look, this Delta variant is no fun. It's dangerous. But again, the CDC here is uh, putting out information that it is more contagious than it actually is. And it is contagious. Please, don't misunderstand me. I'm not anti-vax and I'm not anti-science. And I don't believe playing tough guy. Um, But it is not as contagious as the chicken pox, as Andrea Mitchell reported. 
and there's been some uh, subsequent reporting and information coming out. Um, so I just wanted you to make be aware of that, um, that it's simply not the case. And a number of experts have looked at this and said it's not the case. This is the problem. We need real science. People will react to real science. Uh, the Democrats have politicized this. The media politicized it. Just give us the facts. As Joe Friday used to say, the facts, please. Just the facts, ma'am. I will be at the Ronald Reagan Library and Foundation this Saturday. I will not be here Friday because I have to take a horse and buggy to get out there. So, I will not be here Friday. I will be at the Reagan Library on Saturday, one of my favorite places. I will be back behind this microphone on Monday. Capiche? Capiche, Mr. Producer? Mr. Producer does. And I want to thank Mr. Producer. Let me do this on the air. Mr. Producer had scheduled a vacation with his wife and kids before school. Unfortunately, Mr. Substitute Producer, who's a wonderful guy too, had an illness in his family. Mr. Producer had to cancel his vacation and come back. In another week or two, he'll, he'll reschedule. it cost him some money. He doesn't know this yet, but I'll make up the difference. But we wouldn't have had a show if Mr. Producer hadn't reversed course. Anything for Mark, he says. He doesn't mean that. You ought to hear what he says behind my back. What's that? 18 years we're together. It's true, isn't it? 18 years. And during the break, the perfect time, run over to Amazon.com. Order your copy of, of American Marxism. I don't believe in big tech. That's why I'm not a member of Twitter any longer or Facebook. That's big tech. Not me. Not me. How many people on cable TV and radio can say that? Very few. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. By the way, this happens every time, but it's happening big time now. I just want to give you a heads up. The limited edition signed copies of American Marxism with premier collectibles are almost all gone. If you want to get them for Christmas or Hanukkah or birthday, or if you want to get them just because you want to have them, I suggest you act now. It's premier collectibles.com slash Marxism and it's up on my parlor site premiercollectibles.com slash Marxism uh, I will be at the Reagan Library Saturday I will be signing books and that's it so if you're not going to be at the Reagan Library this is the only way to get a signed book and they're almost gone as you can imagine so there you have it and the reason I did it with Premier Collectibles is not only are they a great outfit But I knew because many of these book chains and bookstores are not allowing in-person book signings. So I want to encourage you to do this. You know, I've had my hands on this article for a few days, and I wanted to touch on it with you. It doesn't involve anything that's hugely newsworthy or 
that sort of thing. But it did draw my attention, and it's in Politico. And Politico is a very left-wing site. Now and then it gets it right, but more then than now. And it, uh, it indicates the kind of Republicans that they like. Mitch McConnell and his people leak to Politico all the time. It says, GOP mega donors flock to Tim Scott, building 2024 buzz. Oracle's Larry Ellison is the biggest name in a group of major Republican donors sending big money to South Carolina's Scott. And it starts off this way. Republican Senator Tim Scott boarded a plane to Hawaii earlier this year to meet with one of the richest people in the world, tech titan Larry Ellison. Ellison's remote Lanai Island home, oh, now I'm jealous, was well out of the South Carolina senator's way. But for Scott, who, like the 76-year-old Ellison, is an outspoken advocate for school choice, cultivating the mogul has paid dividends and could help propel a 2024 presidential bid. Since last October, Ellison has contributed $10 million to an outside group aligned with the senator. A huge sum even in the super PAC era, and the business owner's biggest known contribution in three decades as a political donor. Scott's behind-the-scenes courtship of Ellison illustrates how the senator has quietly become a powerhouse fundraiser and a major force within the Republican Party. Scott, the only black Republican in the Senate, has seen his profile rise since delivering the party's response to President Joe Biden's joint address to Congress in April. He's developing a vast network of small and large-dollar donors that spans his party's ideological spectrum, helping him far-outraise Senate colleagues this year. Now, the pro-Scott Super PAC Opportunity Matters Fund has drawn support from conservative donors like Richard Gabby, who has bankrolled the likes of former President Donald Trump and Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. But Scott has also received backing from the party's mainstream givers, like New York hedge fund manager Dan Loeb, a financier of Gay Rights Initiative who is slated to host a fundraiser bolstering Scott later this year. With the top levels of the GOP divided over whether to remain in lockstep with Trump or break away from him, senior Republicans say Scott's ability to win support from divergent wings of the party could be an asset should he wage a 2024 run. It's a very interesting article. How many times have we asked Tim Scott to come on this show, Mr. Producer? A bunch of times? What has the answer typically been? Sometimes they ignore us, sometimes they just say no. There are millions and millions of you in this audience. Millions and millions of you. Who are constitutional conservatives. I'm just thinking to myself, he's reaching out to all wings of the party. He's got huge money from Larry Ellison, who I understand is a, a wonderful person, very solid. Never met him. So that's not why I'm bringing this up. He's all over the Fox News channel. I assume he's all over talk radio. But Tim Scott avoids this show. He avoids this radio show. To the point I stopped asking him months and months and months ago. I have a sense for these things. It's not about me personally. It's about you, this audience. It's the second largest audience in radio. Period. 
It doesn't matter what talk radio magazine says or the rest. We know as a matter of fact. Cumulus Westwood One knows. I know the numbers. Hannity's number one. We're number two. And it's not even close. We have a large audience of patriotic Americans, of constitutionalists, smart people like you, all walks of life, all backgrounds, all over the country. And Tim Scott is a senator who will fly all the way to Hawaii, who'll fly all over the country. He's got tentacles, they said, in all aspects of the party. But he avoids, like the plague, this program. Why is that? Is he afraid of questions, I might ask? Now, ladies and gentlemen, you know full well, those of you who listen, I am very polite to my guests. I don't bring people on here to browbeat them. Unless they're of the radical left and they want to engage in a battle, I'm happy to engage in a battle. But we ask intelligent questions. But he doesn't want to come on the program. The same thing happened with John McCain when he was running. And the same thing happened to Mitt Romney when he was running. So it makes me wonder. What exactly does Tim Scott stand for? Now if he wants to talk about school choice. I told you earlier in the program unrelated to Tim Scott. The organization of which I was president. Now I'm chairman. We have a great president there now Pete Hutchison. We were involved in paving the way for school choice, legally and constitutionally. Starting in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is where it started in the 1980s. We represented a number of black families against the NEA, against the other organizations that were opposed to school choice. Now, Tim Scott says he's for school choice. Does he understand that but for the work of a number of conservative and libertarian legal groups, including Landmark Legal Foundation, it wouldn't even be an option. So in some ways, we have things in common. Now, I'm not begging to talk to Tim Scott. I'm raising this with you. If a politician doesn't want to come on this program, I could care less. I probably have less politicians on this program than any talk radio host. Probably less guests than any talk radio host. I, it's, not, it's not an ideological thing for me. If I think a guest is going to contribute, I want the guest on. If I don't, then I'm not going to bring people, just bring them through like a conga line. But Tim Scott, interestingly enough, does not want to come on this program. You think about that. GOP mega donors flock to Tim Scott, building 2024 buzz. Well, there's no 2024 buzz with me. Is there with you, Mr. Producer? Do you know where he stands on many issues, ladies and gentlemen? I don't. It's one of the things I wanted to ask him about. But, there you have it. And of course, this is also an effort, I think, to distance himself, not just from Donald Trump, but from people like Ron DeSantis and Ted Cruz and so forth. But certainly in a Republican primary, I can't endorse anybody who, uh, who's afraid to talk to you.
millions and millions of you. How can I endorse somebody like that? I can't. Now, obviously, I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or so forth and so on, but that's not my point. I'm talking about a Republican primary. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just telling you the situation. I want you to hear this from Joe Biden at the White House today. Cut 12, go. Cut 12. For those who get their health insurance through the Affordable Care Act, the American Rescue Plan allowed us to cover more people at lower premiums, and lower premiums by average of 40%. Now, those of you who have Obamacare know this is bullcrap. Your deductibles are through the roof. Obamacare was supposed to solve everything. It solved nothing. It created more problems because that's the nature of big government. Go ahead. In my Build Back Better plan, we want, we want to build on that progress. Or prescription Why drugs. does it always sound like he just ate a plum or a peach or something, Mr. Producer? He's always licking his chops, adjusting his false teeth. I mean, it's really... Like he's out of the, uh, the show, The McCoys. None of you know what I'm talking about. The McCoys. Hey, 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 how you doing? Anyway, go ahead. Right now, we pay the highest prescription drug cost prices of any developed nation in the world. We do what? <laughs> now, number one, that is a lie. And what he ought to say, we have more access to more types of prescription drugs than any country on the face of the earth. How about all those stories I've done in the past in Great Britain and France where families are begging to have access to some of these, these incredibly expensive and rare drugs for rare diseases and they can't get them? How many stories have I done like that? In America, you can get them. And moreover, if you can't afford them, literally can't afford them because you're impoverished, billions and billions of dollars are spent, are contributed to giving them for free. The vaccine's free. And I could go on and on. They're constantly trashing capitalism. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but the biggest bill I have is my tax bill. What's your biggest bill, Mr. Producer? The tax bill. The robber barons are no longer in the private sector. They're in government. Robbing us blind, left and right. Go ahead. My Build Back Better plan is going to lower production. Build Back Better. My Build Back Better plan. What a stupid phrase. My BBBP, my Build Back Better plan. Your big government iron-fisted police state plan, you jerk. That's what you're talking about. Go ahead prescription drug cost by finally giving Medicare the power to negotiate the price of the drug they purchased for Uh, Trump did this already Trump already did this remember I told you the guy's a plagiarist that's proven go ahead saving Americans hundreds of billions of dollars on top of that well I don't know about you but when I think of Biden I think of him saving us hundreds of billions while he's spending trillions and trillions don't you think that ladies and gentlemen how's the price of gasoline for your household how's the price of food for your household how's the price of other energy for your household and everything else going through the roof oh that Biden he's saving us billions isn't he moron go ahead my plan would add hearing dental and vision benefits to Medicare wow Now, ladies and gentlemen, if Joe Biden were running even a small public company in the private sector, he'd be going to prison. 
He'd be running a Ponzi scheme. Medicare has what's called trustees, trustees of its trust funds. And they issue a report once a year. They issue it to the president. They issue it to the leaders of Congress. Have you read that report? I read that report every year. Medicare, according to the trustees, is going bankrupt as early as 2024. By my calculation, that's in two and a half years. As late as 2026. Bankrupt. Which means they've stolen the money out of the trust funds for Obamacare, for the Highway Trust Fund. They've done all those things, which would send most people to prison. They are called trust funds. All that money you contribute to Medicare is gone. They've taken it. It's gone. And yet Medicare has an obligation of hundred of over a hundred trillion dollars for the people who've paid into it. Over a hundred trillion dollars. And Joe Biden's answer is eh, I'm gonna add hearing aids and dental and vision benefits to Medicare. So he will break Medicare, and then what? This is how they destroy these programs. And one day, nobody's going to have Medicare, nobody's going to have Medicaid, nobody's going to have Social Security, nobody's going to have health care. Nobody's going to have toilet paper to wipe their foreheads with. Nothing. Nothing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The Minneapolis DFL chair. Now, DFL is like, it's the Democrat Farmers Labor Party or something like that. You know, another one of these uh, sort of Marxist operations dressed up as a Democrat party. The Democrat Farmer Labor Party. I was close. There you go. I was right. Uh, The chair of the Minneapolis Democratic Farmer Labor Party is defending a recent op-ed in which he argued that rioters burning... The Minneapolis Police Department's third precinct headquarters last year was, quote, an act of pure righteousness, unquote, in their minds and a, quote, genuine revolutionary moment. Uh, And the newspaper printed it. The Southside Pride, a local monthly newspaper, titled The Cops Started It, Minneapolis CFL Chair Devin Hogan argued that the burning of the third precinct on March 28, 2020, was a proportionate... Response. Now, this is the head of the, effectively, the Democrat Party in Minneapolis. Anybody calling for him to resign? Any reporter asking Joe Biden about it? No. You see, the Democrat Party doesn't have a problem with violence. I'm just being honest. It doesn't have a problem with violence as long as it's their side doing it. I mean, Barack Milhouse Benito Obama embraced Bill Ayers, a domestic terrorist in my view. Weather Underground, and not just him. A Hamas-related professor. And he pardoned domestic terrorists who had actually committed acts of terrorism. Democrat Party, Bill Clinton did the same thing. He pardoned domestic terrorists. Jimmy Carter did the same thing. He pardoned domestic terrorists. 
You saw the media embracing domestic terrorists. They call it Black Lives Matter, but nonetheless, looting, arson, trying to overthrow the government. Well, what do you call it? Well, they called it mostly peaceful. And the Antifa has the run of the place. If the FBI spent 10% of the resources it's spending rounding up people from January 6th on Antifa, maybe we could put that Marxist violent organization to an abrupt end. But no. So the Democrat Party has a history of violence, of rioting, of brutality. And here we have the the chair of the Minneapolis Democrat Farmer Labor Party, a.k.a. their Democrat Party, celebrating it. I'll be right back. This is America's Constitutional Convention. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Do you believe, ladies and gentlemen, that the framers of the Constitution thought they would give any single Congress the power to destroy the Constitution? Of course not. Do you think they... they conveyed power on one election cycle, on one minuscule majority in the Senate and in the House, one president, that one election could change the fate of the nation and the nature of our republic? Of course not. Now, a couple of points here. We talked about Georgia. I like Charlie Gasparino. I don't know him well. He's been on the show once. I think he's really a solid reporter. Smart guy. Writes beautifully, too. But he blamed Trump on the loss of the two Republican seats in Georgia. And it wasn't Trump. Trump didn't pick those two candidates. Those were McConnell's candidates. And the suggestion that they would have won if Trump had gotten behind them, Trump campaigned for them. These were two mannequins. Two blow-up dolls. Two terrible, terrible candidates. And by the way, I forget the guy's name. Do you remember his name, Mr. Producer? I forget his name. He wouldn't come on the show either. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's not like you have to kiss the ring here. I don't even... No, that's not it. But we reach all over Georgia. It's kind of hard to win if you're not going to talk to millions and millions of conservatives in this country. David Perdue. That's one of... Now I remember his name. I mean, how do you expect to win? Now that said, they were terrible, terrible candidates. Terrible. And they were Mitch McConnell's choices. They were his picks. That's what lost those seats. It had nothing to do with Donald Trump. Terrible candidates. Mitch McConnell reaches into all these states and picks these lousy, lousy candidates. And What is it based on? If they're going to support him for majority or minority leader. That's it. He screwed up the Alabama election. We had a solid conservative there. Several. I'm not talking about the former Supreme Court justice. I'm talking about others. Now he opposes Mo Brooks. 
That's right. It was Mo Brooks who I endorsed the first time around, right, Mr. Producer? He would have been a fantastic senator. Now he's running again, and now McConnell's backing some rhino against it. Yet this is the problem. McConnell has to go. He has to go. But there are too many gutless Republicans in the Senate. They're not going to move him. But they should move him, especially after what he just pulled. Bentendorf, Iowa. XM Satellite, a regular American. Greg, how are you? How are you doing, Mark? Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. 95 years old. Wow, Greg, I know you. How are you doing, Greg? God bless you. I'm glad you do. God bless you, sir. Yeah, you know, in uh, 1944, I left high school underage, went into World War II, did 30 months, came out, got uh, pulled up for the Korean War. I was in the inactive reserve. I don't know what it is about this beautiful world that we live in that God has given us, but it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope, really. I've had COVID, and I'm thinking, is the world better off for my being 95 years old? I'm saddened to say I don't think it is. And when you talk to the Republicans, these guys are all set to go in and take on the bull by the horns, and they discover that it's a money pool for making a million bucks down there. So you see, all of a sudden, people say, well, after I get mine, I'll, I'll do what I said I was going to do. I cannot understand how all these indiscretions, illegal as they are, are, are going on unchallenged. People, people murder people, people shoot people, and they say, I'm sorry I did it. The next thing you know, they're getting bail. Guys are getting out. It is, it's incredible. It's incredible, and you are a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm saddened to say that I share so much of what you say. You know, tomorrow out here in Iowa, we're going to have the, um, the Field of Dreams. And the thesis of the Field of Dreams is if you build it, they will come. And that means that people will throng here because they can get a free ride. It also means it's principled people like you are here and here to protect them. And I, I just say thank you, Mark. Thank you. No, Greg, thank you. And uh, you're going to be with us a long time. I can tell you, you're one of these folks that's going to live well into your hundreds. Well into your I hope hundreds. So. I hope so. It scares me at times. I'm in my fourth generation, 1 to 30, 30 to 60, mm-hmm. 60 to 90, and now I'm in my fourth. Yeah, and you're, you're going to be with us a, a much longer time. You know why, Greg? We need you. We need you. I need you. you. <laughs> I need you. And I'm, I'm prepared to go. I'm, I'm prepared to do whatever I can do to help you and help our nation and one nation under God. Oh, God bless you, Greg. You're terrific. And don't hang up. I want to send you a signed American Marxism. And I want to thank you for calling as you do. You really inspire us. You inspire us. I want to thank you very, very much. Hmm. 
Okay. What a fantastic man. Susan, Silver Spring, Maryland, the great W-M-A-L, or as I like to call it, W-M-A-L. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, Mark. I hope you can say the same, and it's, um, I'm very happy to speak with you. Thank you. Um, I want, and, and thank you, Greg, your living history. We need our soldiers. Amen. So, uh, anyway, so I wanted to mention Cuomo, if, if I may. Mm. Um, I don't think the Democrats never have a plan. They have a plot. And I think that he is the sacrifice. Um, mm-hmm. He'll show up somewhere else. He's not gone. And I think that the reason they made it about sexual misconduct is because they're actually after Kavanaugh. They want to get rid of him. And, and Well, you know what? Even if they want to get rid of him, even if they can't get rid of him, what they're doing is threatening him and intimidating him constantly. You're onto something. Uh, and that is by constantly saying we're going to impeach him, we're going to impeach him, he lied, he lied. You can tell this man was psychologically affected by what he went through, and you can understand that. Uh, they all read the newspaper. Unfortunately, they read the compost and the slimes, among others, because they're very influential in the court for reasons I'll never understand. Uh, you can see how uh, John Roberts went Hollywood. He's a disgrace. Uh, you can see how, uh, shockingly, Amy... What's her name again? Comey Barron. What? What? Shocking. How, that, I mean, she wasn't even on there 14 seconds. Uh, you can see what it does to them. You can see the uh, 19 Republics in the uh, Senate, what they did too. So I think there is a campaign of intimidation against him, and that I will agree with you. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, that's what they're going to, since they're all about equity. So we gave you one of ours by, by Cuomo. Now we want one of yours. I, I actually don't think what, that's what's going on with Cuomo. I think what's going on with Cuomo is they don't – and I, I talked about this months ago, I think, Rich. You'll remind me, yes or no. They want him out of the way because they want to put a much more radical Democrat in there, like Letitia James. Didn't I talk about that months ago? It was just a matter of time. And um, they may pursue him to the end, who knows, legally and otherwise. He is now – old news to them. He's, 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 he's an old candy wrapper. And so they're going to want to put in one of these truly radical kooks. That's where the Democrat Party is now. It is the American Marxist Party as far as I'm concerned. And as bad as Cuomo is, disaster. And we called out this nursing home thing from day one, thanks to our friend that called up, uh, who was a medical director at a nursing home, and we played that last week. But that said, uh, they want a real revolutionary in that job, and that's, what's, that's what they're aiming for. And this is why I've jumped up front early on and back Lee Zeldin for the Republican primary, because I think there's one Republican who actually could win the governorship. All right, Susan, don't hang up. We want to send you a signed copy of American Marxism. And I want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, I am no longer on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter. I am no longer on Facebook. I resigned from both on January 1st to start the new year. Therefore, you will not see me promoting American Marxism on Twitter with video or anything else or on Facebook. You can acquire it, of course, on Amazon.com where you acquire so many other things. But you're not forced to. You can acquire it on some other site or at a retail store. Costco still has them. Walmart has them. Barnes & Noble. Books a million. On and on and on. All these stores have them. Or they're supposed to. But if you want to have it by tomorrow, 
You jump on the Amazon.com, and they have a 40% discount. Hello! Now, that'll end at some point. It's a 40% discount. Please get it into the hands of as many people as you can if you're in a position to do it. Please give it to your kids if they're going to college or they're going back to college. Same with high school. You know what? I'm excited. Can you imagine tens of thousands of students going back to high school or going into high school, going back to college or into college, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, bringing this book on campus. That would create a revolution in academic freedom and free speech right there in the heart of the beast, right there in the heart of the beast. Think about it. You got school boards. No, we're not critical race theory. No, 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 we're doing the transgenderism. Okay, well, my kid's coming in with this book. What are you going to do about it? You're going to ban the book? We got to fight on our ground. On our ground. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, don't you love it when the libs... Marxists, Pasaki, you know, the gaggle. How can Governor DeSantis tell local school boards what to do? Now, this is coming from the centralized Iron Fist nutjobs. Oh, I don't know. How can the federal government tell states and local school boards what to do? How can the federal government tell individuals what to wear and what to take? But let me break this little secret. The states create the local school boards. The states create the towns and the villages and the cities. The states have authority over the localities. The federal government does not have authority over the states. It's right there in the Constitution. These are sovereignties. These are sovereigns, rather. So that's how they can tell local school boards what to do. And the Tenth Amendment gets in the way of Joe Biden telling states what to do. Except, of course, when we have these unhinged rogue judges who want to rewrite the Constitution. You see, everybody wants to rewrite the Constitution on the Marxist left. And they do a, a damn good job of doing it. And screwing all the rest of us. And screwing all the rest of us. And by the way, I want to congratulate all the parents and the kids in the state of Oregon. Uh, Your governor there, speaking of how the state controls local school boards, she just signed a bill into law, removes all requirements for high school students to demonstrate their proficiency in reading, writing, and math. That's right. You need to demonstrate your proficiency in transgenderism and racism and Marxism. Ah, the Democrats, building America for the future, aren't they, ladies and gentlemen? Good little Marxists. This governor of Oregon... Kate Brown. What a jackass. So as I was saying in Oregon, you don't have to be proficient in reading, writing, or math. You know why? It's racist. Now all these white Democrats who think people of color are just too stupid to read, to write, and to do math. They're the true racists and bigots. And in doing this, they will ensure, they will ensure that the children of Oregon will be dumber 
than the children in other states. And they will also ensure that people who have enough money will make sure that their children are proficient in the basics, that people who don't won't be able to make sure their children are. And because in these iron-fisted Democrat states there is no school choice, those kids are stuck. The idea that the Democrat Party stands for people of color, for blacks and browns and all the rest, is such a lie. And yet, but for the corrupt media, but for the corrupt media, there might be a chance to reverse it. But it gets very, very difficult when they control the money, when they control the culture, when they control the government, and they control the media. Argon's going to hell. Sorry, it just is. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I salute all of you patriots out there. Thank you. Please, tonight, acquire your copy of American Marxism. Make sure your kids have a copy, too. God bless you.